following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Plans and preparations for the 2023 season are underway for your Minnesota Twins. This is the show that catches up with players, staff, and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon. Welcome once again to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury with you from our network headquarters. Live here at Target Field, we're brought to you as always by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. For all of you joining us uh, all across uh, all the Twins' various social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Twitter, we welcome you into our live show. For those of you joining us all across our fine Treasure Island Baseball Network uh, with our radio affiliates, we welcome you in as well. Uh, Normally, a week out from pitchers and catchers reporting, we're talking with a player, we're talking with uh, general manager, and we're talking about the season to come. It's all about optimism. The notebook is blank, and we can't wait to, to fill it in, like uh, approaching the first day of school. But uh, today is going to be a different show, a different tack, an important one, uh, as we pay tribute to uh, a legendary figure in the baseball world and certainly in all of our individual worlds here who've been blessed enough and privileged enough to, to work alongside him and get to know him uh, following the, the much-too-soon passing of Mike Radcliffe. Mike had a lot of titles with the Minnesota Twins. I, I had somebody tell me uh, earlier today that there's a, generations of Twins fans who love baseball and love the Twins because, in large part, of Mike Radcliffe, and they might never even have known his name. Uh, he is a giant in the scouting world. Uh, he is in every scouting hall of fame that you can dream up, and probably more that are, are still to come. Uh, he was a VP of player personnel, and, and he was just an amazing, remarkable human being. Um, and everybody who touched what I think he touched would uh, probably tell you the same. And so today we're going to pay tribute to his contributions to the Twins, certainly as a professional, but also, uh, more importantly, uh, as the human uh, that he was, who made all of our lives better and certainly made this organization a whole lot better as well. And to do so, we've brought in folks who know him uh, as well as anyone. Uh, we're going to have Sean Johnson here, the Twins VP of Amateur Scouting, uh, who was mentored by Mike and has taken over that role in the organization. Uh, we're going to have uh, the legendary Terry Ryan here, the man who hired Mike Radcliffe to scout for the Minnesota Twins back in 1987. And one of the many players who was signed by Mike Radcliffe, Michael Kadire, will also be here to join us as well. So three wonderful uh, guests under any circumstances. This is a sadder circumstances, but I can't think of any more appropriate people uh, to talk uh, about uh, and share uh, stories of the great Mike Radcliffe than that trio. So uh, leading off is going to be Sean Johnson. We welcome Sean in uh, here from uh, elsewhere in the ballpark. And Sean, I always love to talk with you, certainly under different circumstances than this uh, would, would be ideal. For those who can see behind you is what you call the, the cliffy wall. Uh, Mike Radcliffe meant an awful lot to you personally. He meant a lot to you professionally. Walk us back to when you first came into the, uh, you know, the orbit of Mike Radcliffe. Yeah. Um, so going back to 2002, uh, when I was hired by uh, the Twins, and I can still remember the first time I talked to Mike on the phone um, in an interview process, and and then um, I quickly moved from the Midwest out to Phoenix and worked out there for 15 years. My first 15 with the with the club, and um, so I, I, I've told the story. I've told lots of stories the last few days about Mike, but 
Um, one of them was I was at, at a game my first week and I introduced myself to a scout from another team. And he said, you need to understand something. You, you're working for the best scouting director in the game and one of the best people in the game. And um, I'll never forget that moment. And uh, that, that scout was right. Um, you know, nothing but <clears throat> amazing memories of the car rides and the plane rides and the draft rooms. And um, we've, we've had a lot of experiences together and I'm certainly lucky for that, but there's, you could make a long line of people that Mike's helped and mentored and, um, you know, Darren Johnson, who had the, um, the tough job of following Mike and now myself. And so, um, but he's, he was a mentor to a lot of people. He was a friend to everybody. Yeah, and uh, I'm just lucky to, to have known him. I think it's so remarkable in the scouting world. It's so competitive, and it's such a unique world. So scouts have a bond with one another, but also there's this, you know, there's a competitive element to it as well. And yet somehow, Mike Radcliffe straddled that line so beautifully, where he might have been a competitor, but he was both respected and liked, which is a pretty rare combination in any field, much less this one, Sean. Yeah. Um... He just had this subtle way about him. He, he was, you could never beat him to the ballpark. Um, and he would be there till the last pitch. He, it was rare that he'd leave early. If he was, he was going to another game. So, um, you know, I, I think people just admired the way he went about it, his humility. Um, you know, he could take credit for a lot of people. Cuddy, one person on this show, one of the many. Uh, but I'd never heard him say me or I or it's always we. And uh, the decisions that we made. So he had no ego. And um, I think people were drawn to that. Uh, something else, I think, is that you are in a line of work where you have to put uh, numbers next to human beings' names. You, you have to quantify them as a product. And yet, somehow, what Mike was able to do, and I think you've carried that lesson on from him, is humanize that. He never lost sight that it's human beings you're talking about, not just lines in a ledger. Yeah, I mean, he he was he taught you so many things, but one of them was you're, you're not really sure what what day you're seeing uh, that player. Is it the best day? Is it the worst? Is it somewhere in between? So the only way to get the job done or have the best opinion you could was to go see that player play a lot and then also trust everyone on our staff, the things they saw, the, the takeaways they gained from watching a player play. And then Mike was just amazing at bringing that all together. Um, into the draft room where a lot of decisions get made and have to happen in real time, but he was prepared. Um, I never saw him unprepared or not ready for literally any situation um, as far as work went. You know, he was just, he just had so much knowledge and it was kind of not fair because he's got a photographic memory and <laughs> he, he just knew everything about everything. I guess that's the best way to put it. It could be current events. It could be the NBA. It could be the chiefs. It could be food. Um, we talked about so many different things, and that's why he was so relatable, because he could really talk to you about anything in life. He used to, when I would call him, he'd be on the road and he wouldn't want to tell me where he was, you know, ever, ever the scout. So he'd tell me on the phone that he was going to roll down the window of the rental car and I could guess where he was. <laughs> I never, I, he said if I got it right, he would tell me. I never got it right because it's hard to guess wind at 80 miles an hour uh, in terms of determining geography. A, a story that you shared with me, and, and I think I reached out to you just a, a couple of days ago with it because it 
it kind of gave me a smile in what has been a couple of dark days, I think, since Mike passed, was kind of your last run with him with uh, out to New Jersey. And he'd been fighting uh, his battle with pancreatic cancer, and, and, and he was, as ever, uh, exceeding expectation. And you got to take him back out on the road, and you guys did it in style. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been battling. He was battling for the last three-plus years. And um, so I, I – and then all of, you know, all the while through COVID. So I had to say, Mike, if, if you leave your house – this is during the, the really rough parts of the pandemic. I said, Mike, I, I can't let you, you know, danger, endanger yourself by going to see some high school player. But um, we found a way to get him out. He, and, and to your story, the, the point there was we – he flew to Philly. I met him. I picked him up at the Philly airport. Uh, we went to the rental car. We got a, I said, Mike, let's try to blend in a little bit. So there was a, a cherry red Dodge Charger. <laughs> we hop in it and, and uh, we ride to the Jersey shore together. And we see Chase Petty that day, had a wonderful day as most every day was with him. Um, so he, he battled, he, he would make ridiculous. He'd do chemo on a Monday. And then by Wednesday, he'd be commuting Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, just to go see a couple guys that we may take in the you know top five rounds and then drive back home and I'm like Mike, you come on, man, you gotta what are you doing? And he just he just loved it so much. He loved going to the park and being there and, and being out with our crew and um it's just what he it's just what he was all about. And he was just he was relentless. He would do anything and go anywhere and that's what he loved to do. Tell me there's pictures of you guys with that car. Tell me I, that's like a Springsteen album cover. Yeah, it, it would have been a, a great album cover, no doubt. I don't think I have a picture from that day. I'll, I'll look, but I've got a lot of other ones. Most of them are at, at some restaurant we would go to after a long day at the park. And and that's why that was my scout school. It was being at the restaurant with him for, you know, a couple hours and just talking about life and talking about baseball and scouting and whatever else. But those are the, those are the things I'll cherish. That's a Ph.D. in scouting right there and a life experience that uh, not many people get to have. Sean, part of what we're going to do on this show is due to you and, and your efforts. And I, I know it was a project that meant an awful lot to you. Is Explain, if you could, what you set out to do in terms of getting some of the folks in Mike's orbit to to kind of give him a, a shout out. And sadly, it's it's a video he never got the chance to see. But explain a little bit of what the project was about. And then we're going to share some of those tidbits. Yeah, so as as Mike let a few of us know that he was going to retire in December, um, just because he felt like it was the right thing to do because of his health. Um, I thought about okay, how do we pay respect to this guy? And and it's really no way to do it to do it justice. But uh, we had scouting meetings the first week of January, and he was going to come out there. He wanted to say a few words to people, and we were going to celebrate him there. And then he ended up not being able to make that trip. So then we I switched gears to. Um, try to make a video tribute for him and, and have, you know, as a guy who would never want anyone to, to say anything about him or, or anything glowing or anything he didn't, he just didn't, he just thought he was doing his job, you know? So I, I, uh, I had uh, Julie Vavruska in our office um, send out a big email to the alums and we had our scouting groups and, and scouting directors, his pretty much his colleagues and, that were his his contemporaries when he was a scouting director. People that I knew really respected him. Um, so we got I don't I probably ended up with over 80 people um, with a lot of nice words to say to him. And as we did it, I knew this was you know Mike would probably scoff at it and 
be frustrated that we even did this for him. So this is really for his wife and his kids and his grandkids and and the people that knew him and just so people knew what he was all about and, and what he meant to a lot of people. That's a beautiful thing, Sean, a beautiful thing indeed. We don't get to share all 80, but we will share some uh, over the course of the next half hour or so. Uh, if there's one topic he never wanted to talk about, you nailed it. It's probably himself. Right? That was probably the yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. 100%. That was the one topic he didn't want to talk about. Sean, appreciate it. Uh, it's a tough topic. It's a beautiful topic all at the same time. Uh, he's a man who's dearly going to be missed, but uh, I think Twins fans and the Twins organization, all of us are lucky that a guy like yourself is sitting in that chair uh, because you wear that mantle beautifully uh, as someone who, uh, who grew up under his tutelage. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. That's Sean Johnson, the Twins VP of Amateur Scouting, and he mentioned that uh, video. We're going to share some of those with you as uh, we await Terry Ryan and then Michael Kadir. but right now it's uh, words from Brian Dozier and then another familiar face to Twins fans. You are truly one of the best uh, talent evaluators and scouts that I've ever come across, and what you've done for the Minnesota Twins organization is truly remarkable. Hey, Mike, Justin Morrow here. Just wanted to thank you for all you've done for so many people throughout your career. You made so many dreams come true for people like me and so many others. There's no one like you in the game of baseball. Thank you for being a great person. Love that morning he had to introduce himself, by the way. Mike Radcliffe, one of his great stories, and he had so many, was the first time he saw Justin Morneau swing a bat. He was a teenager traveling with a Canadian team there in Florida, and as soon as he took one swing, didn't even make contact, Mike immediately looked around to make sure no other scouts were there to see it. And, of course, that one worked out well in favor of Justin, in favor of Mike, and all of us in Twins territory. We'll take a break. We'll be back with the great Terry Ryan. More as we pay tribute to the legendary Mike Radcliffe right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Hard to imagine it's been three and a half decades since you came across the Twins organization. And really, your contributions are immeasurable. I think for the entire organization and really all the fans of the Twins as well, uh, we are indebted to you for how you made our organization that much better. I always admired that whatever type of gathering we had, even though you were the smartest talent evaluator in the room, you never acted like it. You were always willing to hear other people's opinions um, and made us feel respected and validated and I appreciate that. That's, of course, Paul Molitor, and he pays tribute to Mike Radcliffe. Our show, Inside Twins, is a tribute to the late and legendary Mike Radcliffe here today. We are very pleased to be joined by the man who originally hired Mike Radcliffe into the Twins organization, former general manager Terry Ryan. And Terry, I really appreciate you joining us here today. Uh, you hired Mike Radcliffe away from the Major League Scouting Bureau uh, back in the day. They had stolen him away from an executive training program all these years later, as he has carved out such a unique and indelible mark in the world of baseball and scouting, I wonder what those guys in the executive training program missed out on, because I have a feeling, Terry, Mike would have been awesome at that, too. Mike could do about anything he wanted, Chris. He was very bright, and he had a grasp of the game of baseball like no others. And as he mentioned about, or you mentioned about Morneau, he saw people and he, he was looking for something to like. He wasn't ever, ever looking for the negative in a, in a player or performance. He was looking for skills and tools. And ultimately, he was one of those guys that he was very decisive as well, just like you like in a scout or a scouting director. But as Paul Molitor mentioned there in his tribute, uh, again, I think the sign of people who are truly great at what they do is 
he never had to tell you about it, right? Like he, he was so confident in what he thought and what his report was that he had no problem uh, being vulnerable or listening to other people's opinions. That is correct. He was strong in his opinions when he made them. And he was probably the smartest guy that was in the draft room. But he always waited to the end and he let everybody have their say. And ultimately, as a scouting director, he had to make the decision. And once he had all the information, along with what his eyes and his heart told him, he made that call. And I always respected the fact he he never had any of those arguments that you hear about blowups in the war room and things of that nature. Chris, he he was calm and he was positive for the most part. You know, every once in a while, he'd have to jump in there and say, listen, I don't see that. You're going to have to convince me. And that's the type of scouting director he was. Your relationship with Mike, obviously a strong professional and personal mm-hmm. one over all the years. And w- my interactions with both of you, the commonality I see is that there's no guessing with either of you. You're going to get to the point. You're not going to BS anybody. And you're going to be honest with one another. And I have to think that led to such a fruitful combination between the two of you through the years. Yeah, we might have got to the end zone the same way, Chris, but we certainly had different personalities. We were, you know, Mike was uh, way calmer than I ever was. <laughs> Mike was had a, a mission to accomplish. I, I was a little bit more, all right, let's go in and take this on and let's get it done and move on to the next. But nonetheless, we both, we took a lot of pride in, understanding the game and how tough it is to play. And we were always looking for the next player for the twins to help this organization become who we were very proud of. It's just, Mike was with the twins for about 35 years, Chris. I was over there for about 30 something. So we've been together quite a long time and we had a lot of the same beliefs. Were there players you disagreed on through the years? Yes, there were. And and we wouldn't be doing our job if it was the other way around. You aren't going to agree with a person on every player that you come across. And if you saw his draft list, Chris, he had over 200 guys on that list. (laughs) And we're not going to agree on 200 guys. There's no question. So, you know, when I was a scouting director and he was the Midwest supervisor, he'd have 250 to 300 guys on there. And as a scouting director, I probably had a hundred and some. So we we disagreed on many players, but ultimately you'd get the rest of the room's opinions and you'd come to some kind of conclusion. All right, so we lost TR again, I think. We do have Michael Kadire standing by as well. He's going to join us here on Inside Twins. Before that, though, let's go ahead and check in uh, with a couple more of those shout-outs from Sean Johnson, uh, from LaTroy Hawkins, and also Doug Mankiewicz. Well, I can tell you one thing. The game is definitely going to miss you. There's not one other person I know had the passion and the love for the game like you have. We're going to miss you and thank you again for coming to Gary, Indiana and seeing a kid that you deemed had a magical arm. We love you. We're going to miss you. Mike, Doug Minkavich here. Just wanted to say a huge thank you to you. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet you as a player, as a young man, uh, worked with you as a coach through the years. Uh, I learned so much from you um, as a player. I guess, thankfully, you were, the, you were one of the very few that saw what you saw in me, and it gave me confidence to be the player that I became.
That's Doug Mankiewicz uh, along with Latroy Hawkins. And again, Mike, uh, one of the guys instrumental in bringing Doug and Latroy into the Twins organization. We'll take a quick break. Glad to have all of you joining us live across our various twin social media streams, also across our fine uh, radio network of affiliates. Michael Kadire will join us next on your home for Twins Baseball. What you mean to me is, is everything. You were always in my corner. I think to this day, you and I are still the only people on the planet Earth that think I could play shortstop or thought I could play shortstop in the major leagues. Still think I can. Um, but thank you for always believing in me. That was Michael Kadire, and this is Michael Kadire as well, joining us on Inside Twins. Uh, did you just come back from working out at shortstop? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mike Radcliffe was... Uh, the man who was quoted in the press release announcing that the Twins drafted you in the first round as a high school kid. And he said things like, I believe his talent and his character and who he is as a person are going to make the Twins a better organization. We're going to scroll that press release. In fact, here we go. All of your uh, accolades there about the National Honor Society and whatnot. Uh, Tremendous talent, but again, tremendous character. Uh, What do you recall about those days in your first interactions with Mike Radcliffe? Well, it was a long summer, um, and I think that's – you hear Sean and you hear Mr. Ryan talk about how diligent he was as a scout. You know, I, I was drafted, obviously, in June when the draft was. I didn't sign until the end of August. I played with Team USA, traveled from the middle of Canada to the east coast of Canada, and he and Mike Ruth were right there um, every step of the way. I actually was just talking to Paul Seiler a couple of days ago, who's the CEO of USA Baseball, and he remembers – being in the stands in between Cliffy and Jamie Shoup, who was the, the coach at Florida State, which is where I was going to school. And they, they literally sat next to each other, um, kind of not ne- necessarily fighting over me, but uh, trying to figure out which, which uh, direction I was going to go in. But, and I think that's the thing with, with Cliffy is just he was so diligent and understood the human element of from a player's side and he never pressured me then terry never pressured me nobody john wilson never pressured me um but they definitely showed the belief in me and that always stuck with me and and like you mentioned not just belief in me as a player but as a person as a human being my character and i think you know you look at the guys that he was responsible of in, in drafting especially the high school players. I mean, we all had 10, 15, 16 year careers. That's not by a mistake. Um, You have to be a good quality people as well as talented players in order to stay in the major leagues that long. And he had a knack for identifying that and sticking up for, for that type of player. When you were in high school, you're being recruited by colleges, you're being scouted by professional organizations, and those guys would tell you stuff. And often they would tell you what you wanted to hear. Do you remember kind of a differentiating between the different people that would talk to you and trying to figure out like, okay, where's the BS meter on, on this guy or on that guy? And, and how do you, then you don't get to pick who's going to draft you, but then how do you delineate who you're going to believe in that situation? Well, I tell you, it's to, to, to Mike's credit, um, Right before the draft, I remember my mom was talking to him and, and John Wilson and said to the to them not to draft me. The Cubs were going to draft me at 10. The, the Twins had the ninth pick. They said, 
she told him flat out, I didn't, we didn't know much about the Minnesota Twins at the time, and she flat out said, you know, he's going to go to college if the Twins drafted me. But he was diligent. He stuck by it. He believed in me. Um, he believed the deal was going to get done. It ultimately did, and it was by far the best thing that ever happened in my entire life um, because of the, the quality of people that were in the Twins organizations, the Mike Radcliffe, Terry Ryan, um, the quality of players that they brought in that was able to teach me what it was like to be a professional um, at that time in my life. So things work out the way they're supposed to work out, and it could not have worked out better for me. Often a scouting director will say, here's the guy I want, turn it over to the development side, move on to the next batch. But Mike Radcliffe stayed in your life. I mean, he was still out there finding and signing new guys, but throughout your time as a player with the Twins, even with other clubs, back as a special assistant working in the organization and offering your insights, that relationship never went away. And that, to me, seems unique. Absolutely. It never, never went away. And, um, you know, obviously I wasn't privy to the conversations that were behind closed doors, but from what I understand, he had an instrumental role in me changing positions. And ultimately that's how I find my niche in the major leagues was playing different positions. He believed that I could play second base in the big leagues. And lo and behold, the 20th game I ever played in the major leagues was in the 2004 divisional series game one at Yankee stadium. So having somebody in your corner that believed in you and believed in your abilities and, and not just your abilities, but your makeup to be able to handle those those situations and and be able to handle being able and moving in the big leagues and learning on the fly in the big leagues certain things and having somebody like Mike that believed that I could handle those situations went a long way. And I, I don't remember what year it was. Toward my latter time with the Twins, he just told me he was proud of me. And that went a long way as well. Um, you know, anytime you hear somebody that you look up to that, you know, was so in, influential at 18 years old when he drafted me to at the end of the day, you know, 12, 15, 15 years later, say they're proud of you just for the way that you went about your business. That, that meant a lot. It, it, some people had, you don't get to meet many of them, but they have an ability to make you feel like you can do anything even when you're not directly, you know, in their sphere. Mike Redcliffe was not worried about what the pregame show sounded like, yet somehow every time he was in the building, he would duck into the studio, or I'd call him when he was on the road, and he made me feel like I was doing the greatest, most important show in the history of baseball when I wasn't. And it's people like that, I think, that are so rare, and I think that's probably part of the reason why all of us are so eager to talk about him all the time. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, he was a scout and, and to the core, he was a scout and the scouting industry as a whole is severely underappreciated in baseball uh, throughout the mainstream of baseball. I think it is appreciated within the sport, but it's severely underappreciated under just understanding what these people do when they go out and the, t the time and effort that they spend to never really get the recognition that they deserve for discovering the players that they discover. So I think he understood that and understood everybody's role within an organization and everybody's role within baseball. And that's unique because there's not very many people within the industry that is able to look beyond themselves and look and see how things run. And because now there's so many tools with video and with slow motion cameras and tools are great and information is awesome 
but the humanity part of it, right? Like you just hope that there remains, and thankfully there are guys like Sean Johnson doing it, that there remains that, I call it the Mike Radcliffe thread, where we remember that the report isn't just numbers on a line, that the report is attached to a living, breathing human being. Absolutely. And understanding who that human being is, the, the character of that human being. And, and like I talk about, the more you get to know the, the, the person behind the player, the more you understand what that player is capable of handling throughout the, throughout the course of their career. Can they handle the ups? Can they handle the downs? Can they handle position changes? Can they handle promotions, demotions, non-tendered contracts, big contracts? And he never let people forget that element along with Terry, along with Sean. And, and I think that's something that the twins continue to do in the scouting department. And a lot of that obviously has to do with Mike and that is what makes this industry and this organization within the industry so special. Yeah, he will be missed. That's uh, that is a big, big set of shoes to fill uh, in the industry as a whole. And you played for other organizations, and that's what was even more amazing. Is Mike Radcliffe is treasured by the Twins as well? He should be, but he's valued by guys in every single organization in the game because of how he went about his business, and that is truly, truly rare. No, absolutely. And that's just, that comes down to relationship building. Everybody that he came in contact with, he built a really good relationship with and didn't press upon everybody, his beliefs and his, his style and his opinions. Um, and I think people respect that. Yeah, especially when your job is to have an opinion and he still didn't press it. That's really, really impressive. Michael, we appreciate it, man. Uh, you being able to, to, to help us celebrate a great man at a sad time for a lot of us uh, and a guy who meant so much uh, to you, and uh, you can see why he'd be proud of you. So uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll see you down the road, okay? All right. Thank you. That's Michael Kadaya. This has been a very special edition of Inside Twins, and we want to thank Sean Johnson. We want to thank Terry Ryan. We want to thank Michael Kadire for just being a, a small group of the the massive group that was impacted so much by the life of Mike Radcliffe, who we lost tragically way too young at the age of 66 uh, earlier this week. We're going to close up our show uh, here inside Twins. And I promise you next week we'll be getting back to players reporting to camp in Fort Myers and we'll be talking about the upcoming season. But uh, we, we want to close our show today uh, with comments from uh, Mike's son. Uh, and uh, here's what Brett had to say about the video that Sean put together for the family. And again, uh, the final word today will come from the Radcliffe family because as much as we truly love Mike uh, as part of this Twins family and the baseball family, it's his actual family uh, that our thoughts go out to the most in this very difficult time. So thank you, Mike. We love you, Mike. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.